Okay, today we are continuing on with the commandments, and we're going to take up two of them this morning. We're going to talk about honoring the name of God, and we're going to talk about taking a Sabbath. And to help me with the discussion on taking a Sabbath, I've asked Joe if he would come back up on stage and be my victim. I mean, I mean, volunteer. Come out on stage. Everybody give it up for Joe. Yes. Okay, Joe, I'm going to have you stand back here, like maybe on that pink spot right there. And today what I'm going to do is I'm going to show you what life looks like for us as we get started. Um, usually life, when we're starting out, it gets, it's kind of easy when you look back on it, right? We're kind of light and free. We don't have a whole lot going on. And then what life does is it gets difficult because... Life starts handing us things, okay? So let's go back when Joe graduated from the best school in the world, the University of Georgia. Go dogs. Um, Joe got out and he got his first job. We're so excited. Y'all give it up for Joe. He got his first job. We're so excited for that. And so, Joe, with that job comes responsibility. I'm going to give you an iPad here. Hold on to that. Yep, okay, don't drop it. It's really expensive, okay? But we're very proud of you and what you've accomplished so far. Then what Joe does is he goes and he meets the, the lady of his dreams. And he somehow convinces Kathy to marry him. I'm still not sure how that happened, but we'll go with it. Um, so what I'm going to do is your marriage, and I've got, got a nice picture frame here, so you can put Kathy in that picture frame for your desk. And then what happens next? You know, first comes love, then comes marriage, then comes the baby carriage. So you have two child, two children, two boys too, which way to go, right? So Jack, he's growing up, so I'm going to give you a little squirt gun here to represent Jack, so you hold that one. And then Caleb, Caleb is still a little one, so we're going to give you a baby here. We're going to need you to hold, hold on to. Don't drop your children, okay? That would be bad, okay? And then once you have children, you know you get a lot of stuff, don't you? Like everywhere you go, you got to take a whole lot with you, basically the kitchen sink. So I've got it all here in a bag for you. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you this. Why don't I just, wait, you want me to put that around? There you go. All right. That's where that works. Yeah, let's, let's turn this around so we can get to see it. Okay. So he's got a bag for everything. And then Joe is, you know, uh, you got a lot going on, but you still want to take care of yourself. So what you do is you go out and you get a gym membership, right? I mean, of course, you got... <laughs> Joe's like, this, this is supposed to represent me? Yes, it is. So what you do is you go and you get a, you get a membership, but um, so here's your weights, okay? So yeah, and that's only two and a half pounds, so I'm going to give you two, okay? Five, okay, don't drop those ways. Don't drop them on your feet. Um, and then it's essential for man to eat. And let's be honest, Joe likes to eat, okay? I love you, man. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to give you here some breakfast because you might have, like, run out of the house since it was time change Sunday and you didn't get anything. And then because you got a lot going on, of course, you need a lot of caffeine. So don't worry, I've got your, that is essential. So we're going to give you that as well. So you got your coffee cup there to keep you going. Now, everything he has looks good, right? Like it's all there. He's holding on to everything. He's doing well, right? But let me ask you this. When life starts going and you start getting weight and the pressure of life starts kicking in, does anything really go away or does life tend to add more? 
Life always adds more. So here's what we're going to do. You've decided to go back to school. Good job. We're going to give you a couple of books to go along with schoolwork. So there you go. Oh, good job. You got it. Okay, this might be a little bit harder than I thought it was going to be. Plus, you, you, you got to keep up with the housework. So I'm going to give you a hammer there. There you go. You got it. You got it. You're holding on to it. And you can't forget the Braves. They're about to start. You got to go to a game and the Georgia Bulldogs. So we're going to give you this. And why don't you hold that in your mouth right there. There you go. All all right, we got that. And you got yard work. You got, a, you got a lot of yard work. Yes, you do. Let me give you, give you your finger. There you go. You got it? Okay, hold on to it. You got it. You got it. You're doing good. Joe, you're doing so good. Oh, and you got to have a hobby. And pickleball is the fastest growing sport right now. So I'm going to give you this because you and Kathy can have fun doing that. And then you got to rest. So, you know, you got to sleep sometimes. Here's your pillow. Hold that right there. Okay, all right. You got it. You got it. And then... Here we go. We're just uh, here. We're just, it's 90, it's 99. There we go. All right, y'all, he's doing it. Give him a round of applause. Yes, man. All right, Joe. Um, good job, buddy. I'm done with you. So now that you have helped me uh, with this illustration, I'm going to let you go back and um, go to your seat. So we'll close the uh, curtain here. <laughs> And we'll let you, uh, you've done a great job. Let's give it up for Joe one more time. Good job, buddy. Good job. Life always gets more difficult, doesn't it? I mean, it, it's hard. So this life, <laughs> Joe, are you okay, buddy? <laughs> he didn't make it. <laughs> This kind of life of being weighed down is the very life that God in his goodness tries to prevent us from experiencing when he asks us to follow, when he commands us to follow the Sabbath, the commandment. I believe that this one is probably one of the most, if not the most, neglected commandments. So let, let me back up for a minute. For those of y'all that are new, maybe this is your first Sunday. What are we doing? We're, we're talking through the Ten Commandments here. And what we're saying is that if God is Lord, and if we really follow Him, then a good question to ask ourselves, is it, am I serious about the Ten Commandments, Right? And, and this is kind of important because this is, kind, this is a top ten list that God has given us. So the question we've been asking, is each one of these still important for me to follow as a Christ believer? In a New Testament time, am I still called to live out these Old Testament commandments? And the answer is yes. And so what we've been doing is we've been talking about these each week. And actually, in comparison to the other ten commandments, God has a lot to say about taking the Sabbath. In fact... It's one of the longest sections. I'm going to bring my TV over here so I can do some teaching from it. It's one of the longest sections in the commandments. And so what I want to do is I want to share it with you. God spends a lot of time on this one basically as if to say this is not a suggestion. Like this is something that I'm very serious about. So let's start Exodus 20 verse 8. It says this. Remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six other days a week. For your ordinary work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. So this is pretty clear here when it comes to it. However, we still have questions. Uh, for instance, like one of the questions I always get is what does Sabbath actually mean? Well, well, Sabbath 
means a day of rest. And later on, what Jesus is going to do is he's going to expound on this in Mark chapter 2. And Jesus is actually going to tell us that the Sabbath was created for man, right? It was created for us to take a breather, to take a worship moment, and to give thanks to God. God says, I'm giving you this, this gift of the Sabbath. This is for your benefit. Now, another question people ask me is, when is the Sabbath? Because people, different religions, practice the Sabbath on different days. Those um, in the Islamic faith practice on Fridays. Those um, in the Jewish faith practice on Saturdays. Christians practice on Sundays is generally the Sabbath day. And the reason for us on Sundays is because that's the day of the resurrection. Romans 14, Paul puts it this way in Romans. He says this, Some think that one day is more holy than another day, while others think that every day is just alike. You should each be fully convinced that whichever day you choose is acceptable. Those who worship the Lord on a special day, they do it to what? To honor Him. This is the focal point. Like This is what it's all about. When you choose to take a Sabbath, what you're doing is you're taking a special day, a special moment to honor the Lord God. So what does that look like? Like you don't really hear Sabbath anymore. What would it mean for us to take a Sabbath day? What would it mean for us to take a Sabbath moment? Like some of you are kind of like, you're, you're like, I'm new to this. Like I've never even heard this word. Like what does this mean? Can you break this down? Like how does this actually work? Let me give you a few things to consider. If you got your message notes... Um, I know the lights are kind of dark in here today, so hopefully you can maybe pull out your phone if you need a little bit more light. We're having, um, they're doing a play production, so we're having a little trouble with the lights in the room today. But um, hopefully you, you can fill out your message notes. Those of you that are online, the message notes are on our app. Um, you can bring those up as well. Let me give you a few things to consider when it comes to taking a Sabbath moment and how we can do that successfully. Uh, successfully. So number one is to refrain. Okay, refrain. You got to stop what you're doing. Just stop and relax. This step is always the hardest because we're not programmed to stop. We actually believe that if we do stop, like bad things are going to happen because everything depends on us, right? Everything depends on me. I can't stop. I can't rest. But, but part of taking a Sabbath is truly believing that there is a God, that God sits on the throne, and that he's going to make sure that everything is okay in my life. Like I fully trust that he is God and I am not. So I can take a minute to rest to refrain from doing anything, and I know that everything's going to be okay. We got to stop. Number two, when it comes to stopping, we got to rest. We got to rest. We need to learn to rest from the things in life, all that stuff that just zaps our strength. We need to learn to unplug a little bit. Unplug a little bit. You know, I learned something new the other day. I want to share this with you. I never knew this before. Did you know that your phone can actually turn off. Did you know that? Did you know you can turn the... I, seriously, y'all, it's, it's true. Like, I can teach you how to do it if you need to. We don't... We're not good at resting from these things, from all the things in life. Let, let, me, let me put it to you in terms that you can understand why rest is so important. For those of you that have children that are parents... We realize just how important rest time is for our kids, right? Like, I used to love nap time. 
When my girls were little and we had not, oh, it was so great for a few reasons. Number one, because when I put them down for a nap, it meant that I could get some stuff done, right? Number two, when I put, it meant nap time for me, which I love. How many of y'all love nap time? Let me see. Still love it? Yes, absolutely. I love a good nap time. Or number three, the other reason that I love nap time for my children is because I realize that if they don't get it, what's going to happen? They're going to be ill. They're going to be miserable and they're going to make everybody else miserable around them, right? They've got to rest. It needs to happen. So like a good parent, God knows this about us too. He knows that we need time to be restored. Rest is necessary. So you got to refrain from what you're doing. you got to rest. Number three, you got to remember. Number three is to remember. Take a moment to remember who God is and what he's done in your life. Right, this when we take time to remember, we're not good at looking back. We're always fearful of what's ahead, right? But when we take time to look back and we remember who God is and what He's done, man, that gives us strength to keep going and move moving forward, right? There's strength in that. And when we pause and reflect and remember God's goodness, it brings us joy. And that brings me to the last one. We got to rejoice. In our moments of worship, we rejoice. We gotta take time to be grateful for what God has provided. And when we're busy, y'all, when we're so busy chasing everything else in life, we neglect what God has already provided for us. And what God has provided is good. And we should enjoy those things. Let me ask you this. Don't you think that God would want you to enjoy some of his goodness on your day of rest? Like God has given you those things. It's, it's okay that in those moments of rest to, to, to have an experience with it, right? Like, like to, uh, to read a good book, to go fishing, to be with friends, to uh, sing along and play some worship songs. Or, or maybe even eat some homemade pecan pie, right? the good things in life. You see, I believe God wants you to take time to experience his goodness and those things that he's provided. Because when you do, you rest, you remember who he is, and you rejoice in what he's given you. So this week, this week, maybe, try this. Try, try taking a Sabbath. And it doesn't have to be on Sundays. Maybe another day during the week. You know, when I was in seminary, um, we couldn't take a Sabbath on Sunday because Shannon worked on the weekends. And so what we would do is we would take our Sabbath moment on Tuesdays during chapel at Asbury. So we'd always spend the morning in chapel and then we'd take some time to rest during that day. Again, the thought is, is that you're taking a moment, right? And if you can't take an entire day, some of y'all are like, oh my goodness, what in the world is the preacher getting at? Listen, start baby steps. Just take a moment with, with a Sabbath in the middle of the day. Take a portion of your day. Maybe take an afternoon of your day and just refrain from doing work and just rest. And during your rest, remember who God is. And then do something enjoyable so, so that you're giving him joy and you're, just, you're mindful of how good God is. But I still think, I still think that Sunday is the best day to have a Sabbath. Right? You use this time in the morning to, to, to remember and rejoice and worship. And then maybe in the afternoon to refrain and rest, which is supposed to rain. This, is there anything better than an afternoon nap while it's raining? No. 
you have an opportunity today to continue this moment on. How much better, how much better would your week be if each week you started it with this routine of taking this day? You see, sometimes we write these things off when we say that they're not applicable anymore, but I think God knew what he was doing in giving us this and how much better life could be if we just follow it. Now, that's the commandment of the Sabbath, and in order not to have this series stretch out for 10 weeks, we're going to jump into another commandment that's on today's schedule, and we're going to talk about the words that we use and how we honor God. So what we're going to do is we're going to switch gears here, so turn to your neighbor, pat him on the shoulder, and say, pay attention. Go ahead. Turn to your neighbor, pat him on say, pay attention. All right, preacher's changing the subject. Wake them up if they're asleep. Wake them up, okay? I know y'all lost that hour last night, okay? And it's dark in here. All right. What's in a name? What's in a name? God says there's a lot. There's a lot in a name. There's a lot in his name. Let's read this commandment together. It says this in Exodus 27. You must not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Later on, the psalmist is going to put it this way. Praise the Lord. Always praise the Lord for the glory of his name. Why, why is God's name so important to him? Like, why? It seems like he's really sensitive about this. Like, why is this such a big deal? Well, a name represents a few things. Let's, let's fill in these blanks. Here, here's what a name does. Number one, it provides you a person's reputation. You know, it's all about somebody's reputation. You've heard it said before, like, he's making a good name for himself. If someone has a good reputation or they'll say he or she, you know, they don't have a good name, you know. Positive and negative examples. Like, for instance, when I say a name, you automatically think of that person's reputation. Like Martin Luther King, um, Abraham Lincoln, Britney Spears. <laughs> I figure I'd throw you a curveball there <laughs> see if you're still paying attention. Um, but you never... Never think about sometimes how this applies to God. Everyone's name is associated with a reputation. And the same thing with God. God's saying, keep my name holy. Number two, it always a name represents character. What you are is hard to separate from your name once it's identified together. I think the best place to see somebody's character represented in their name is in Scripture, right? We see this all throughout the Bible, People, people's names being changed. For instance, like God changed Jacob. Jacob's name meant wrestled with people and God, right? And then he changed his name to Israel, which means one who prevails with God. And then we all know the story of Simon Peter, where Jesus changes his name and calls him Peter because he says, your character is one of a rock, and it's on this rock that I'm going to build my church, right? You're going to be the one that helps lay that foundation for the church. A name represents somebody's character, and the same is true with your God. The third thing a name does is it gives you authority. Authority. You know, when, when I was a kid and I was, if I was out in the hallway in high school um, between classes and some other student passed me by and they were like, hey, you need to be in class, I would probably be like, mind your business, right? Why do you think you can tell me what to do? But if that same student said, hey, Miss McKinney said you need to be in class, well, then I'd put a little hop in my step. Why? Because I don't want detention, Right? Her name has authority. There's authority in the name of the Lord our God. 
So it's because of these things and many more, his reputation, his character, his authority. God says, listen, when you misuse my name, it's not a little deal. It's a big deal to me. Because what you're doing is you're demeaning his reputation, who he is, and the authority that he has. Now, let's be honest, and let's just admit that this is hard for a lot of us to wrap our minds around. People struggle with this. We struggle with the things that we say and how we say them. Some of us feel like the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah once said, you you know, I, I feel like I am a man of unclean lips. And some of us can identify with that. And when we, when we think about using God's name in the wrong way, misusing his name, we, we think about taking his name in vain. And that's right. We shouldn't do that. We shouldn't swear. We shouldn't cuss. Those types of things. We, we, need, to, we need to, though, however, we need to broaden this out a little bit. And we need to look at this as far as all the words that we use and how we use them. And how we fail God sometimes with the things that we choose to say. You know, I I really think that the point of this is to keep God's name holy, of course, right? But I think it should also be noted that what God wants is all of your speech. Everything you say in words and deeds to be holy in his sight. How do we do that? How do we keep our speech holy for him? What are some of the things that we can do? What does that look like? Let let me give you a few things to think about. Number one is to revere. We need to revere his name. Treat his name with respect. Use his name. When you use his name, use it lovingly and caringly. You do that for your family. You do that for other people. Why not do that for God, right? Do it even more so for him. Use his name only as an act of worship. That means you're not just using it flippantly. But when you say God, like when his name leaves your mouth, man, you need to meet it with your heart, We're going to talk about this in a minute, about how your heart and your words are linked together. The psalmist puts it this way in Psalm 61. He says, you have given me the blessing that you reserve for those who reverence your name. So those people who revere your name, who lift your name, who keep your name holy, what does God do? He blesses those people. And why would he not? You're keeping him holy. Which means he is at the forefront of everything you do, what you think, and what you say. That's a life God can work with. That's a life that God wants to work with. That's a life that God can change. Do do you want to know how you can be more reverent towards God, especially when it comes to your speech? Is to spend more time with him, right? Are are you spending time with God? Like, do, Do you have those moments? Are you taking those moments to be with God? Because when you do, when you, when you take the time to be with someone, you think more of them, right? Like, if I don't think a lot of you, then I'm not going to choose to spend a lot of time. But when I spend a lot of time with you, man, I, I start to like you. I start to enjoy your presence. It's the same thing with God. You know, the more time we spend with him, the more we're going to honor him, the more we're going to respect him, especially with the words that we use. So the first thing, we've got to revere God. Number two, we've got to understand that we represent 
We represent God with the things that we say. 2 Timothy 2.19 says that a person who calls himself a Christian, man, you, you should try to live as an example with the things that you do and say. And, and this is easy to read, but it is so hard to do, and it's so hard to understand this at times. You know, it, a destructive lifestyle and the speech that goes along with that, man, that can be a misuse of the name of God. Because, listen, if we claim his name, we should be different, right? If you're going to call yourself a Christ follower, don't drag Christ's name through the gutter by how you live and what you say, the words that we use. People, people who claim Christ as king and then they use God's name in vain or, or, or they just have filthy mouths, are they really any different than anybody else? We're called to be different. We're called to be holy. Holy, what does that word mean? You know, we, we, we use that word as though it's like this lofty thing that no one could ever attain. But what holiness means is being set apart. That we are in the world, that we are ministering to the world, but we are not a part of this world. We are a part of God's kingdom. Therefore, we are different. We are different. And the life that we lead, the things that we do, the things that we say, they represent who we follow. I've used this example uh, before, but I do remember when I was a teenager, and you know, before I'd leave the house to go to another function or something like that, my mom, my mom would look at me and she'd say, "Remember who you belong to. Remember who you belong to." And I always thought that's such a good thing, like you know, to put in a teenager's head. <laughs> Before they leave, because I didn't belong to my parents anymore. When I, my mom prayed when I was born that if she gave her a son, that she would give him back. And so she told me that she had given me back to the Lord when I was an older teenager. So I was the Lord's, in the Lord's care. So she would remind me, you're a follower of Christ, right? Your actions, what you do, what you say, it's important. Because... We represent Christ. He is our Heavenly Father. The third thing we can do is rely on His name. We rely, we put our trust in the name of Jesus. We hold it high. The psalmist says it this way, No wonder we are happy in the Lord. It's because we trust in His holy name. That's why we're happy. That's the joy that we have in life. Whatever you do, we do in the name of Jesus, trusting and relying on Him. Jesus actually said that if you ask for anything in my name, it will be given to you. So we pray and we trust and we live out our life in the name of Jesus. Why do we do this? Why do we do this? Why? Why do we trust in the name of Jesus? You know, the reason that we need Jesus is because we are not fit ourselves to stand before a holy God. We cannot do that. God is holy. We are not. We have a problem with sin. We need help. Jesus comes and he dies for our sins so that we have the opportunity now to be in the presence of God. That's only through Jesus Christ. We only receive our salvation through him. So we hold his name high. And we rely and we trust in his holy name. 
So, it's important to watch our words and what we say. The name of Jesus is the one that brings salvation, right? This is the name in which we find hope, we find strength. The one who calls us from darkness into light. The one who has rescued us from death and gave us life, right? These are the promises that come to anyone who believe in his name. Acts 2 says there is no other name under heaven by which one can be saved. Therefore, we honor the name that is above all names. The name of Jesus Christ. I'll close with this thought. I asked you last week um, if anybody had ever had their mouth washed out with soap. And some of y'all were honest and raise your hand. And I can say that I did one time when I was in preschool. Think about that for a minute. Pretty sure that wouldn't fly today. But it did back then. Why doesn't this work for most people? Like when it comes to our speech and what we say and the words that we choose, why can't we go home and put a bar of soap in our mouth and expect that to work? It's because the problem with the things that we say, it's not with our mouth. It's with our heart, right? If my heart is not in the right shape, if I'm filled with anxiety and fear and pride and disappointment and anger, that's what's going to come out of me. When life weighs me down, like we just saw, when life puts pressure on me, Whatever's inside is going to come out. It's like a tube of toothpaste, right? But on the other hand, if my heart is filled with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control, like, then, then when the pressure's on, that's what's going to come out. And I don't know about you, but I want my heart filled with the fruit of the Spirit. I want that to be what people hear from me. And the truth is, I'm more inclined to honor God's name with the words that I use when my heart is right and when I'm taking a Sabbath. And now we come full circle in this message. Taking time to rest in His presence, to plug in once a week, to recharge your soul. If you're willing to do that, You'll find that honoring the name of God with things you do and say, living for his glory, it becomes a lot easier. Let's pray together. God, thank you for providing us with your instructions, God. The more we dive into these commandments, we, the more we understand that you gave them to us so that we could have a better life with you. So God, thank you for that. God, help us to realize just how important it is to take a Sabbath, to unplug, to recharge. God, we, we want to give you our best. And the only way to do that is to rest. So God, help, help us to, to stop believing that we need to be in control of everything and be willing to trust you. To, to trust that you can handle these things long enough for us to take a break, to be able to worship you. Because we know, God, that what's inside of us, what's inside of our hearts, is what's going to come out of us. God, and what we want inside of us is to bring honor to your name. We, we want our lives to be set apart, our lives to be holy because you are holy. Because, God, you are the one that we follow. So, 
Jesus, we want to honor your name in everything that we say. Because God, how could we ever come against you? How could we possibly say anything against the one who gave his life for us? God, help us to be the best representation of you that we could possibly be. God, we want to bring your name, glory, and honor. So Jesus, just help us to walk out of here today and to live in such a way that the world would know that you're alive because you live within us. God, we love you so much. And we thank you for loving us like you do. It's in Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen. Amen.